0: A shout of praise tonight i wonder if anybody remembers the word of the lord uh, that if god be for us who can be uh, against us oh if you've got the victory tonight uh, somebody give him a shout of praise in this place hallelujah Anybody got the victory on a Tuesday night? Anybody got the devil under your feet tonight? If you got him under your feet, you ought to take about 30 seconds and just jump a little bit tonight. Hallelujah! He's under the But if it was, we'd probably sing something like this, my dance. way to you see, tell telling we came to have church church not church and we came to have church tonight hallelujah woo anybody just grateful to be living for God tonight anybody just thankful he brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light I wish I had a few ex-drug addicts that would just shout hallelujah that you're in your right mind tonight, uh, that you're addicted to Jesus uh, instead of addicted to crack and fentanyl and cocaine and alcohol and weed. Come on, somebody. I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Would you help me put your hands together? Welcome all of our guests one more time in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Amen. You can be seated for just a few moments. Uh, I want to uh, just remind you of a couple of things tonight. Number one, my apologies, we don't have any of the screens with lyrics and scriptures tonight. Uh, We have had some challenges with lightning and power outages and all of those kind of fun things over the past couple of days. Uh, And so we we are working in the background on fixing uh, electronic glitches. Amen. Uh, But when you're alive, you don't have to have technology to survive. only time you got to have technology to live is if you're in the ICU and you're dead on life support. But baby, when you got the fire of the Holy Ghost living inside of you, you you don't have to have LED screens, PA systems. uh, Baby, you can put us out uh, in the parking lot uh, and we can have a move uh, Hallelujah. Amen. And we're, we're excited about what God is doing. Amen. Want to remind you, I announced this Sunday yeah, uh, concerning the Israel trip that is December the 5th. Yeah, amen. Somebody's excited. I think it's December 5th through like the, the, the 12th or 13th or something like that uh, next year. And But you can't wait for that because uh, formal plans are being made right now. Tell your neighbor right now. And if you are waiting and trying to figure out whether or not you're almost out of time because we've only got four or five slots left on the bus. Amen. Amen. And it's going quick and we already have people that want to take those slots uh, that are not from this church but connected to this church that we have put on a waiting list trying to give you an opportunity uh, first. So, uh, again, if you want to go, uh, make that decision. And quickly, I-, I would not wait past tonight, get with Sister Sloss so that she can get you connected with a, an interest form and all of the things needed so that we could start the process. Uh, of getting everyone's deposits collected and uh, Bible Land Tours has a uh, payment program that makes it very convenient uh, for you to space this out and be able to go. It's going to be an incredible time. Amen. Somebody shout this Sunday. This Sunday we will continue in revival services with Pastor Douglas Walker from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. He's going to be in the house of the Lord with us Sunday you don't want to miss. It's going to be an incredible, incredible time. And, uh, and then we have something really special coming up. October, the, uh, I believe it is the 10th, 17th, and 24th. Those are all Tuesday nights this upcoming month. Uh, the 10th, 17th, 24th will be what we are calling our fall family series and brother and sister Pope will be with us on those Tuesday nights and we are going to have an amazing time in the Holy Ghost uh, focusing on uh, families and 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 how God is orchestrating so many powerful things among us amen and uh, but uh, until then we are in revival tonight with yours truly. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. And, and uh, I, I think I remember how to preach. And I'm just kidding. Some of y'all don't even realize that even when I'm not here at home preaching, I'm preaching all over the country, all over the United States. And, and uh, but I, uh, there is no place in the world Uh, where I feel more anointed and appointed than standing at this desk right here. Amen. And uh, so stand with me, if you would, as we hasten to the word of the Lord tonight. Uh, You will have to follow me somewhat closely without our screens behind me. And I really, really want you to grasp what the Lord has for us tonight uh, so if you can pull out your notebook, uh, your, your, your note app on your phone, as long as you're not texting in church uh, and being distracted or playing games or checking social media, cause we know if you're, if you're a mature Christian, you don't do those things in way. Only baby Christians are still doing those kind of things. And, uh, but I want you to take notes, follow along. I believe God has a word for this house tonight. Matthew chapter 3 verses 5 through 12 is where you'll find my assignment for tonight. It says, Then went out to him Jerusalem, this is speaking of John the Baptist, and all Judea, and all the region round about Jordan, and were Baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. He was having a regional revival. And there were people coming to this revival from all over Jerusalem and Judea and the entire region around Jordan. They were in the middle of revival. And he was in the middle of baptizing all of these people that were repenting of their sins. And verse number seven says, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees, these were the committed religious uh, people of that day. When he saw the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, they showed up to the revival church services. He said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits, meat, for repentance. John was a repentance preacher. He told them, don't you come here just play in church. If you're going to show up at my church service, there's some things you're going to need to get repented and get right in your walk with God. Some of y'all couldn't handle John the Baptist as your pastor. And think not, listen to this, think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father." He was saying, don't start name dropping and saying, well, we're the children of Abraham. And so we automatically have this place in the kingdom of God. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. He said, God doesn't need you. If you're not here, God will raise up children out of hungry people in this place. God, help us to never get an attitude uh, that says, I just got it made in the shade with lemonade uh, here at the church. I got it made. No, 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 no. God, help us to always understand that if I don't want to live for God and get my heart right uh, and get my life right, God will raise up 12 people in my place uh, out of the stones that are in this city. I wish I had a church tonight. Tell your neighbor, God will replace you with 12 of you. Verse 10, John said, And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Listen to the dichotomy captured in verses 11 and 12. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Whoa. That was a revival verse. And the very next verse, he said, whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire for a few moments tonight I simply want to preach about revival's greatest tragedy revival's greatest tragedy would you put your Bibles down and one more time clap your hands unto the Lord in this house tonight come on I want you to clap your hands like you came ready for God to speak to you tonight clap your hands like you've got an open heart and an open mind for God to speak to you in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in Jesus' name. How many of you would agree with me tonight that revival uh, is uh, exciting? I'm going to ask you one more time and give you one more chance for those who are just trying to get settled. How many of you would agree with me tonight uh, that there is something absolutely uh, electrifying uh, and exciting uh, about revival? There is something absolutely uh, exciting about uh, the harvest, uh, about being in uh, revival, uh, about watching God uh, change lives and watching God gather. There is something so exciting about it. And there are many components to the harvest that are exciting that we we rally around and and we talk about and we are familiar with tonight. We 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 can talk about how exciting it is uh, to prepare the ground and uh, and get ready for the seed that's going to be planted and and the praying and the fasting and and there's something uh, ex- exciting about that part of the harvest and. And then we, we get excited uh, about planting seed and, and we get excited about preaching and teaching and teaching Bible studies and going out on Saturday and uh, handing out invitations and, and out working in the field and planting seed. In one place the Bible said one seeds, another waters. Uh, and it is God uh, that gives uh, the increase. And, uh, and so these are exciting things uh, about harvesting. And then, of course, uh, the excitement of showing up uh, uh, on a Sunday morning uh, as we are gathering the harvest uh, that God is bringing and watching uh, as those seeds begin to germinate and produce uh, results and fruit. And uh, and all of a sudden the phone rings and, and we've got Bible studies to teach. And, and then people come... Uh, into the house of the Lord and and they're baptized in Jesus' name and and they're filled with... uh, It is uh, an exciting uh, thing uh, to be a part of harvest uh, and a part of revival. But there is an aspect of the harvest. There is one aspect of revival that we often overlook and it is the process of the threshing floor. We are excited about preparing the soil. We're excited about planting the seed and we're excited about watering what we have planted and prepared. We get over the results and the germination and the growth uh, that begins to happen and and then when it is time to gather everything together we we get excited uh, we, we we count the numbers uh, uh, brother Stewart, and we want to know uh, how big are the sheaves and uh, how big was the harvest and uh, how how much of a, a result uh, is there happening as a result uh, of, of our efforts and, and we get excited about those things uh, but what we often forget about uh, is that when everything is gathered uh, there comes a moment uh, in the process of a revival uh, there comes a moment uh, in the process of gathering uh, that God says uh, I'm going to find out uh, how much of what I have uh, is legitimate wheat uh, and harvest uh, and how much uh, of what is represented in numbers uh, is simply chaff. Uh, I know this is an exciting preaching at the moment uh, but you have to understand uh, that God does not play games. God is not into images. God is not into just presenting a front, but God will find out what is real harvest and what is not. When the gathering is done, when it's all collected, when it's all And he begins to say, All right, I'm going to find out how much of this is legitimate wheat and harvest, and what part of this is just weeds and chaff and byproduct. It's a part of revival, as important as any other part of revival. Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30. Scripture says another parable put he forth unto them saying that the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. The kingdom of heaven is like this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like a man uh, who sowed good seed in the field, uh, but while men slept, uh, his enemy came uh, and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Listen but when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit then appeared the tares also. At the same time that the wheat began to produce the tares also began to show up. Real revival shows up at the same time that the tares show up I wish I had a church in here tonight Uh, can you believe it uh, that at the same time uh, the legitimate harvest of God uh, begins to show up Uh, there is also something uh, that begins to show up uh, that looks like it's a part that seems like it's a part but God said there is uh, a distinct difference uh, between the two uh, things So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? Didn't you just do good things? Didn't you prepare? prepare uh, for good fruit to come up? Uh, Didn't you get out there and pray uh, before you went out on outreach? Uh, Didn't you spend time fasting uh, before you went out in the field working? Uh, Haven't you been, come on, I'm preaching to the Rock Church. Uh, Haven't you been doing all the things you were supposed to do uh, so that you would put good seed? Uh, From whence then uh, is all of these tares? Uh, How did the tares end up in the field? Uh, and he said unto them uh, an enemy uh, hath done this listen to this the servants said unto him uh, we'll tell them that we go and gather them up we see them coming up out of the ground Lord you want us to just remove them from the mix God, do you want us to get out in the field and go ahead and pluck all the tares so that the only thing that's there is what is legitimate? Should, should we go and gather them up? But he said, nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. There is a certain uh, time and season uh, during the harvest cycle uh, that you may not be able to judge the difference uh, between what is wheat uh, and what is tear. and if you go out in the wrong season uh, and try to differentiate the two uh, I'm afraid that you'll ruin the potential uh, of the wheat uh, for the sake of trying uh, to remove uh, the tares. Uh, Can I preach for a moment uh, that when revival begins to spring forth uh, in a church Uh, not everything showing up in the pew uh, is certified wheat Uh, sometimes there's some tears uh, that start showing up uh, at the same time uh, that the wheat starts showing up uh, and you better understand uh, that it's not God's plan uh, that your man of God just walks around uh, ripping everything out of the ground uh, that doesn't look right uh, or sound right uh, or act Right. Uh, God said there's a season uh, where I want you to leave it alone uh, and let the tear uh, grow up uh, with the wheat. Uh, there's too much. Oh, come on, I'm preaching. God has to have a church uh, with enough maturity uh, to understand uh, that just because there's tears uh, doesn't mean that there's no wheat. Uh, just because there's some issues showing up uh, and some tears growing up uh, does not negate. The greatness of the wheat that's growing in the field. You've got to have some sensitivity that what God has planted is on the way. Notice the servants were willing and ready immediately to go fix what was wrong. And he told them, hey, 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 hold your horses. Could I just preach this very kindly tonight? God doesn't need you to try to be the pastor over all of the new converts and tell them what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong and what they need to fix Uh, and I I wish I could get a witness in the, God did not call you to that, Uh, it is not your responsibility uh, to try to clean them up uh, and scalp them and come on somebody uh, you don't even realize yet uh, that they don't even have the right root systems and they don't even have uh, they're they're not even on a foundation, God's still trying uh, to to just grow them Uh, come on somebody, uh, don't move in a place that God didn't call you to move stay in your lane let God be God your job is to love them he said you go water them along with the wheat you go fertilize them just like you fertilize the wheat don't treat them any different don't do anything come on I'm preaching to us tonight when they show up you let God do the choosing between the wheat and the tear. you let God do the selecting between what's approved and and what's disapproved your job is to just take care of everything coming up in the field I don't want you to root up the wheat with the tare listen to verse 30 he said let both of them grow together until the harvest. I'm going to let them grow together until this season comes. Part of the process of the harvest is I'm now going to address the tares. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. We shout about every part of the harvest, but there comes a point in a harvest Especially as great as the one we are in the middle of right now. That God says, I'm about to deal with tares and wheat. I'm about to go into the field. And I'm going to prove what's legitimate wheat in my field and what's tares in my... I'm going to gather all of the tares together. And all of the tares are going to wind up in a fire pile. I'm going to gather all the wheat into my barns and into my house. But I'm going to deal with the tares at the time of harvest. Can I preach to us that there is coming a time when God is going to prove you uh, and God is going to authenticate you. Uh. There is nobody in the kingdom of God uh, that gets a pass uh, from the process of God uh, finding out uh, if you're wheat uh, or if you are a tare. Uh, I wish I had somebody in the building. Uh, there is a certain amount of time uh, that God will let you grow up in the church. Uh, God will let you come up. Uh, the tares... Uh, and the wheat together there's a certain amount of time that you can hide in the middle of the stuff with your unrepented sin with your spirit of disobedience with your rebelliousness there's a certain amount of time that God said I'll let them keep coming to church I'll let them they they might look just like the wheat they might give their tithe they might even be involved I'll let them grow up together but there comes a moment in the harvest when God said it's time for me to step threshing floor and I'm going to prove every single person whether they are wheat or whether they are tares. I came to preach to somebody tonight that you will not escape the process of God authenticating your walk with him. God's going to find out if you're the real thing or not. God's going to find out if you're serious about living for him or not. God's going to find Out, Uh, if you're interested in living a life uh, repented before him uh, or you would rather embrace self-will God is going uh, to authenticate uh, and separate uh, the wheat uh, and the tares Uh, and he said I'm going to do it uh, at harvest time Uh, I'm going to do it uh, at harvest time Uh, I came to preach tonight uh, about revival's uh, greatest uh, tragedy a certain window that God gives you to grow up with the same care and concern that the wheat got. The same food. The same nourishment. The same rain the same care from the crop raisers and the vineyard. You get the same advantages and opportunities as everybody else. But you hear me and you hear me good tonight. There's coming a moment in the harvest when God said I'm going to start going through and I'm going to separate the tear from the wheat and I'm going to put them in a pile that's going to be a pile of fire. I don't know about you tonight but I feel like God is speaking in this house in a powerful way we are in the middle of the greatest harvest and revival that this church has ever seen and God sent me tonight to tell some people that it is your time and it is your season of proving God is walking through the midst of this church and he's proving character and he's proving people's spirit and he's going to find out whether you're wheat or you are tare. And God uses all kinds of various means to prove us, to test us, to find out who we really are. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, you can read about Israel in the wilderness. Are you with me tonight? You can read about Israel in the wilderness, and here's what God says He said, Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee uh, these 40 years uh, in the wilderness Uh, I want you to remember uh, and look Back at the 40 years that I led you, not through a promised land. Are you hearing me tonight? Not through lands of milk and honey, but 40 years that I led you through a wilderness. Listen what he says. I led you in the wilderness to humble thee. somebody missed that tonight sometimes God will use a wilderness to bring humility to our life oh my God I knew I was going to hit something here. Nobody ever prays and says, God, would you humble me? Nobody ever prays and says, God, would you? Why? Because that's supposed to be your job. If you will humble yourself, God will exalt you. But if you exalt yourself, then God will have to humble you. And he said, I'll use the wilderness as a means by which to humble you. I'll expose you to the elements." until you get a fresh revelation uh, that you're not all that you thought you were. Uh, I'll use the wilderness uh, to bring you to a place uh, where you don't have it all together uh, the way that you portrayed uh, that you had it all together. Uh, I'll bring you uh, through a wilderness uh, to teach you uh, how to get on your knees and pray. Uh, I'll bring you uh, through a wilderness uh, until you learn to let go uh, of things that don't really matter uh, and prioritize your life. I'll bring you through uh, the wilderness uh, to prove thee uh, and to humble thee. He said I'll bring you I brought you 40 years to the wilderness to prove thee. God doesn't use times of refreshing and blessing to prove you. Because anybody can serve him when everything's going good. Anybody can give him praise and shout and dance all over. That's easy to do when everything's going right. But God said, the way I'm going to authenticate your praise is I'm going to let you go through a wilderness and we'll see if your praise was real or not. We're going to find out if your shout was only attached to my blessing or if you shouted because of who I am. I'm going to preach to somebody over here. God said, I'll take you through a wilderness and remove all of the stuff to see if you're still shouting, if you're still being faithful, if you're still praying, if you're still doing what I told you. I'm going to use the wilderness to prove you. Yeah, you used to show up to church faithfully until things started looking good and you got a little relaxed. So I'm going to take you through a wilderness until you learn how to be faithful no matter what's going on in your life. I wish I had a church in the building. God said I'll use the wilderness. He said oh, use the wilderness these 40 years to know what was in thine heart. There's some things buried so deep in your heart that only the wilderness will bring them out. There's some emotions you haven't dealt with that are buried so deep only the wilderness can bring them out of you so that I can get you to repent over them. I wish I had a church uh, that there's some things inside of you uh, that that the only way uh, I can get you to be honest uh, and transparent uh, and forthcoming uh, is I'm going to have to take you uh, through. uh, yeah, uh, Somebody ain't hearing me. uh, As long as you're driving that nice car... uh, Living in that nice house, you got a convenient place to hide some things that you've never dealt with or got victory with over your life. So I'm going to use the wilderness to prove you and to find out what's inside of your heart. I'm going to find out, he said, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. God said, I'm going to find out when everything's stripped away, will you keep on living the way you were living when you had it all together? I'm going to let you walk in a place where you have to depend on me day to day for your provision. That manna expires every day. You can't store it in a bank account. You're not going to be able to put it in the freezer for leftovers. No, 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 no. I'm going to make it to where you got to trust me every single uh, day. And then I want to see how much you praise me. Uh, Then I want to see how faithful you are to me. Uh, Then I want to see your demeanor. Uh, Do you walk around defeated uh, or is the joy of the Lord? uh, I wish I had a church uh, up in this house. Uh, He said, I'm going to use the wilderness uh, to find out uh, what's really in your heart. And we'll find out if you just shout and dance and bless me in seasons of abundance but do you shout, dance, and rejoice when you can't see your way past the next five minutes and you all you got is the, come on, can I preach to somebody? They wore the same clothes for 40 years and had to trust God with what they had on their back. God said, I'm going to find out if you can live for me as a minimalist and not just in abundance, but can you live for me when I'm just a God of enough? I know you can serve me as Jehovah more than enough but can you serve me when you wake up every day and you got at least a meal not to die and you got a roof over your head and you're in your, come on somebody God said I'm going to prove what's in your heart some of us, our lives have been too distorted by the blessing of God And so we grow up and we're in the field. We look like everybody else. But God said their roots ain't in the right place. You see, that was the whole test of Job. Take away his stuff and he'll change. Some of us, we do good until our stuff gets messed with. We do good and tell our stuff. You know what that tells me? Your relationship wasn't built on a walk with him. Huh? It was built on the stuff that he gave you. Ooh, I'm preaching better than some of y'all are shouting tonight. Listen, I don't care if I got to take the public transit to get to church instead of drive that nice car that's out in the parking lot. Baby, you better believe I'm going to be faithful to the house of God. No, I don't care if I got a hitchhike, I got a Uber, I got I don't care whatever I got to do. I'm going to be faithful and when I get to the house of the Lord, I'm going to have a song in my spirit that says the Lord gives And the Lord takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Somebody, I'm telling you, you're not going to avoid the process of God. He's going to find out if you really got the goods. Are you serving me for the fishes and loaves? Or do you got something real inside of you that'll praise me on your way to a lion's den? That'll praise me when you're being persecuted. You do good when all your relationships are, are, are fine and dandy. But let somebody get mad and cuss you out and hurt you. All of a sudden you you don't show up to the house of God. What did God do to you? Test 1 what did God ever do to you why does he pay the price for somebody else's mistakes baby you can't run me out of the house of God I don't care what you say I don't care what you do I'm not here because of you I'm here by the grace and the mercy of God I wish somebody would give him a praise. So-and-so been treating me funny at church. Last I checked, you weren't baptized in their name. Last time I checked, you weren't healed because of their bank account. Last time I checked, uh, you weren't delivered by their authority. Uh, Why in the world would their actions uh, prevent you from being uh, what God? uh, Come on, I'm preaching. uh, Are you a wheat uh, or are you? God's going to find out where your roots are. uh, What are you planted in? uh, What have you been growing up on? Uh, I've got to hurry. Listen to what he says. He's talking about the wilderness. He said, for 40 years, I brought you through the wilderness to humble thee. Listen to what he says in verse 3 of Deuteronomy 8. And I suffered thee to hunger. I let you get hungry. I let your resources dwindle until you were wondering how you were going to get your next meal. See, some of y'all don't like this Jesus. Some of y'all don't like this Jesus right here. You don't like the Jesus that's going to prove you, that's going to find out why you're living for him. That's going to get down to the bottom of the head. He said, I let you go hungry. And the very next statement, he said, and I brought manna to you every single day. I brought you to a place where you couldn't depend on yourself. You couldn't depend on anybody else. You had to trust me. prove you by bringing you to a place where you got to learn how to really trust in me when it's all said and done you won't be able to give five tips to success you won't be able to write a book about how to overcome all you'll be able to do is say to God be the glory for the things he has done humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not neither did thy fathers know listen that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth you know what that tells me you were my people and you still didn't get it see I know nobody's going to amen it right there He said, you are my people. You're called by my name. And you still think that that it's your job that provides for you. And you still think it's your own intellect that gets the job done. And you still think that it's by your connection. And you're, no, 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 no. God said, if I'm going to prove you, I'm going to take you to a place where you realize that it's only by my hand. You see, pressure reveals contents. And under duress and stress, what we really are surfaces. Unfaithfulness can hide behind convenience. Because it's easy to be faithful when it's convenient. But when it's not convenient... Unfaithfulness is revealed. i 'm not going to mess with that tonight here 's what the writer said in psalm sixty six i 'm almost done with my introduction here 's what the writer said in psalm sixty six and ten He said, "For thou, O God, hast proved us thou hast tried us as silver." Is tried. Listen, thou broughtest us into the net. The connotation here is like a harvester who brings it all in at the same time. You brought me in just along with every... I was part of the rest of the crowd, uh, the rest of the group. But when you got me into the net, then you begin to prove me. He said, Thou laidest affliction upon our loins. Are you hearing what I'm preaching tonight? The Lord laid affliction. Some of you are praying against demons and don't realize it's God who sent the storm you're in the middle of tonight. And you can't rebuke what God sent to your house. You're not going to get delivered from the affliction that God sent to your house. You have afflicted us. Verse 12, he said, listen, thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. One transliteration said, you've caused war chariots to crush our skulls. Not you allowed them to, you caused them to. God said, I got somebody I need to prove with a big head right here. I got somebody with some messed up thinking. I got to crush their mindset. I got somebody that will not let go of some dysfunctional thinking. So you know what? Uh, Bring a chariot over here uh, and I want you to roll that chariot uh, over the top. I'm going to let a crushing uh, come. Why? Because uh, I've got to prove uh, the wheat uh, from the tares. He goes on to say, we went through fire and through water both fire and water, I don't have time to preach all of this, are, are cleansing agents. God's putting you through some things because he's trying to clean your life up. He's trying to purge some stuff out of you uh, that classifies you as a tear uh, instead of wheat. I wish I had a shouting church in the building. Uh, God wants to make sure uh, that when I finish with you uh, you're not going to be mistaken uh, for a tear uh, instead of wheat. Uh, I want to make sure when I finish with you uh, that there's no question uh, who your God is. Uh, I want to make sure uh, that when I finish with you uh, no devil in hell uh, can mess you up Uh, that no struggle you go through uh, can cause you to give up Uh, I want to make sure uh, that when I'm done with you uh, you can stand uh, in the day of adversity Isaiah 48 and 10 I'm hurrying he said behold I have refined thee But not with silver, I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. God said, I'm going to put you through furnace experience so that I can try you. See, I'm preaching where the rubber meets the road. You can't just say empty prayers. Lord, make me. Lord, mold me. Lord, I want to be what you called me. Uh, do you really? Uh, God's going to find out if you're just a tear, uh, repeating a prayer that everybody else is saying, uh, or did you really mean what you prayed? Uh, did you really mean, come on, somebody. Uh, God's going to find out if you seriously meant, uh, well, or are you just going through the motions uh, to try to fit in with that? This is what I'm supposed to say. Uh, this is what I heard somebody. No! Uh, God said, I'm going to try you. will be various avenues by which God proves you he'll use the world to prove you God proves Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego in the circumstances of conflict and adversity God proved what they said about their commitment to him They had to live what they professed. We're not bowing. Our God is able, but if not, O King, we will not bow. God said, Prove them. God's gonna use the peer pressure of the world. To prove if you're real about living for him or not. God's going to put you in environments where the pressure to conform is so great. God's going to find out, are you the real deal? Are you living for God just for a show? Or do you have something inside of you that says I'm out here by myself on a Thursday evening. There's nobody else to watch me. But bless God, I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to break. I'm not going to bow. I don't care who sees me Uh, I don't care who doesn't see me Uh, this is between me uh, and the God that I serve God's gonna prove you he'll use the world Solomon Solomon was one of history's greatest men and yet his demise lives on in our memory And in the word of God, because when he was put to the test, he allowed his wives to turn his heart from God unto other gods. Can I just preach there for a moment? As God continues to work in this church and bring people in, sir, God's going to find out if you're living for God just because of your wife or if you've got it for yourself. Let, let me flip that around. Ma'am, God's going to find out uh, if you're really living for him because of what's in your heart uh, or just because of who you're married to. Uh, God's going to allow every married couple uh, to go through a moment and a season uh, where their spouse fails uh, and makes a poor choice. Uh, and God wants to know, uh, do you still got it in you uh, to be what you're supposed to be uh, even when they don't look right uh, and they don't sound right uh, and then I wish I could Could uh, get an amen in the building. uh, God is going to prove. Or when you go on vacation, do you set down all of the convictions because you were just putting on a show in the house of God? Uh, It's going to get quiet up in here. Go on vacation separation from the world is no longer important. You're a fake and a phony and God's going to prove you. Oh, y'all were shouting with me five minutes ago. I said, you're a fake and you're a phony and there's going to come a moment. Into God's given you a season uh, to grow up the weed and the tares, uh, but there's going to come a moment uh, when God said, I'm tired of you playing games. Uh, I'm tired of you playing the part. Uh, it's time for you to get right uh, or get out. Uh, there's going to come a, I wish I had a witness. Uh, I'm preaching uh, about revival's greatest uh, tragedy. Uh, there's coming a time in the harvest when God said, I will... Uh, Separate the wheat and the tares right. young couple God's going to give you a season to get your roots in the ground and get your commitments with God right but there's going to come a time when God's going to find out what you really got God's going to put some environments together God's going to allow you to go through some seasons and he's going to find out just how real your walk with God really is and if your walk with God is real you're going to come out on the other side and you might be bruised you might be cut you might have some scars but your hands will be lifted and you'll be praising the name of Jesus but if you're not right you're going to wind up a bitter back slider uh, if your heart's not right uh, you're gonna wind up on the outside uh, you're gonna wind up full of excuses uh, and reasons why uh, you can't live for God uh, and you'll blame other people uh, and you'll blame the church uh, and you'll blame this uh, and your God's going to find out uh, if you're tear or if you're wheat. I'm hurrying, music you can come. God will allow temptation to be a proving agent to test you. God will allow enticement of the world to be a proving agent. Sin was revealed in David's heart when he allowed the temptation of Bathsheba To confront David, God found out what was really in David's heart. I don't have time to preach all of it, but it was a time, listen, it was a time the Bible said when kings go forth to battle, but David tarried still in Jerusalem. David never got the revelation of being where I'm supposed to be. See, that's so simple it went over some of our heads. One of the things God's going to establish early in your walk with God is to be where you're supposed to be. Be accountable. Be where you say you're supposed to be. Show up where you're committed to show up. Don't just be, Don't come on somebody, don't just disappear and not show up. And nobody knows where you're at. And nobody, come on, I'm preaching. You, you can go for a little while missing church with all of your excuses on why you weren't there and you didn't call or you didn't let it. There's going to come a time when God's going to prove you and God's going to dig you up and say you can't continue to live like come on I'm preaching under a burden tonight there's some of us you've hit the end of the season of God letting you grow up with the wheat there's some things that God's addressing in your life tonight that God said, I'm about to come through my field and separate the wheat and the tares. You've got some things you've got to make a decision about in your life. I don't have time to preach all of this. God will allow false doctrine to prove you. The scripture says, heresies must come so that that which is approved may be made manifest. That's what he said, Pastor Hammond. God said, at some point in a church, there's going to be people sneaking around in the dark with false doctrine. They're going to be sneaking around, finding out who will listen to them. They're going to sneak around, seeing who will answer their phone calls and give them five minutes of their time during pre-service prayer instead of praying like they should be. They're going to walk around during the altar call when when people should be praying and find out who will divert their attention to give them their attention instead. And they'll be spreading heresy and God said it's got to happen. Why? Because I'm proving who's real and who's not real. I'm going to find out who really loves this truth. I'm going to find out who's really submitted to my word. I'm going to find out who's really got the right spirit. Come on, somebody. Uh, heresies must uh, come. Why? Because I'm going to prove uh, the difference uh, between the wheat uh, and the terror uh, When I make my final judgment call, uh, there will be no question uh, who is wheat uh, and who isn't. Luke chapter twenty two and I'm, I'm finishing here tonight. Luke chapter twenty two we find the disciples, caught up in a conversation. With Jesus. And they began to ask him, who's gonna sit on your right hand, and on your left hand. They asked him, which. Of us should be accounted the greatest. This was their perception of themselves. This is who we are. We've made it. We've arrived. We're here on Tuesday night. Bless God, that makes me a real Christian. I'm not a Sunday only Christian. I made it to Tuesday night. Who's gonna be the greatest? And they they try to engage in this conversation. And right in the middle of the conversation, the Lord looks at Simon and points his finger and says, Simon, Satan has desired to have you, to sift you as wheat. God will even allow Satan room to be part of the threshing floor tools. Simon, I know you're certain, you're confident in who you are, but Simon, the fact of the matter is, the verdict is still out. Y'all missed that tonight. Simon, I know you want to sit there on Tuesday night uh, and you're probably the last person who's going to respond to the altar call because you think everybody else needs to pray more than you. But the fact of the matter is, uh, Simon, uh, the verdict is still out. Uh, I'm not even sure uh, that you've got the goods. You're arguing about who's the greatest in the kingdom uh, and I'm wondering if you're wheat or tare. Satan desired to have you he wants to sift you he wants to step on the threshing floor you know why because he's making a bet that you're not who you tell everybody else you are and Jesus said this but I prayed for you Peter oh thank God God's going to protect me from this nope I'm not going to pray that Satan doesn't mess with you. I'm not going to pray that you don't go through some hard times. I'm not going to pray that you get to skip the pain and the heartache. Nope. Jesus said, my only prayer is that your faith fails not All I'm praying is that when the clouds come apart that you really got it inside of you, Peter. You're not going to skip the process. You're not going to be able to circumvent the test. Peter, all I'm praying is that when the dust settles and when the fan stops blowing that you're not the chaff that blew away and you remain as wheat on the threshing floor. All I pray is that when Satan gets done uh, fanning the fan at you uh, that you didn't get blown off course uh, and blown over here uh, and distract. all I pray uh, is that when the enemy stops uh, that you're still standing uh, where you are right now <clears throat> revival's greatest tragedy is when you thought something was wheat and it turns out it was only chaff. Revival's greatest tragedy is when a young man, David, has to look at somebody he looked up to named Saul and say, how are the mighty fallen fallen? He was such a pillar I know David he looked like he had it all together but when the season of proving came Saul didn't have it where it counted when the season of proving came he wasn't as sincere as he wanted everybody else to think he was the greatest tragedy of revival is for God to gather all of the people That are in this room tonight. And when the time comes. And God steps on the threshing floor. And the fan begins to blow. The greatest tragedy. Is to look around. And say I never thought they would backslide. I never thought they would turn their back on God. I never thought they would throw in the towel. I thought oh. But I'm preaching to somebody tonight. That God. Is praying. I want you to hear this. I saw this today and I fell back in my chair weeping. He said, I pray for you that your faith fails not. And when thou art converted, encourage your brethren. Now, if you read that in most transliterations, what it says is when you have repented encourage your brother. What that tells me is Jesus knew there was sin in Peter's heart. He knew Satan's going to find some stuff in you. That Peter Peter said Lord I'm, I'm ready to die with you. He said Peter before the cock crows three times. You're going to deny me. You know what he was saying? Peter, you got sin inside of you that you don't even know is there. Peter, you've got some sin inside of your heart that you don't even know exists yet. That's not even going to show up uh, until Satan begins to blow the fan uh, and to sift you. uh. But Peter, I prayed for you. uh, And here's uh, what faith uh, not failing looks like it's when you're confronted by your weakness and you're confronted by your shortcomings faith is looking at that sin and saying all right god i acknowledge my weakness but i refuse to live in it i refuse to stay in it come on peter i prayed for you your faith doesn't fail. Peter, when you've repented, God's about to dig up that sin you've been hiding. God's about to confront. That stuff that you refuse to get right in your spirit. Uh, and Peter, I'm praying uh, that when he does it, uh, that you repent. Uh, that you don't harden your heart. Uh, that you don't grow cold. Uh, and when you repent, uh, Peter, I want you to strengthen uh, your brethren. I want you to get up from that place uh, and tell your brother and sister uh, you can make it uh, through the hard times. Uh, you can make it through the struggle. Uh, it doesn't matter what you're look like. Uh, You can be uh, what God called you to be. Standing all over this house tonight, I'm done preaching. This church is in revival. We're in the middle of a harvest. And God is going through this house. And he said, I'm going to separate the wheat the tears it's tragedy's greatest it's revival's greatest tragedy but I believe that God sent me here tonight to tell somebody you have an opportunity in this house right now to get it right with God the Word of the Lord tonight has found you in your sin the word. That's right. I'm preaching to your sin tonight. The word of the Lord has found you in your deception and the games that you're playing and the little posture that you're worried about everybody else who you want them to think they no, no, no. God sent me to dig you up tonight and you've got one chance tonight because God's not playing games with this harvest. God's not playing games with this revival and he's not going to let the tear choke out the wheat uh, and the season of growing up with the wheat uh, is coming to a close uh, and you've got some decisions to make uh, are you going to be what god has called you to be uh, are you going to surrender uh, to the hand of god uh, come on I'm, I'm preaching right now somebody in this building uh, needs to lift your hands uh, don't you wait for anybody else to pray uh, don't you wait for a special song uh, you better not wait for holy ghost goosebumps uh, You better not wait for the wind to blow in this house. You better allow the word of God tonight to cause you to lift your hands up and lift your voice and begin to call out to God in this place. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. somebody. I refuse to be a tragedy of revival. I'm telling you, there's a reason why you've been under the affliction you're under in the middle of revival and harvest. God's proving you. God's digging you up. God's bringing some change to you. There's a reason why the greater the revival, the greater the conflict, because God is reaching for you. Come on, somebody in this building. I refuse to be a tragedy of revival. Come on. Don't you wait for somebody to lay their hands on you. Don't you wait for somebody to come and pray with you. Don't wait for somebody to put their arm around you. This is between you and God tonight. Come on. Come on. It's time to quit playing it's time to quit playing church it's time to quit living in disobedience it's time to quit being lazy it's time to quit with the excuses it's time to stop with the nonsense come on are playing hide and seek with God and you've established a pattern with God that you're only going to try and repent when you get caught doing wrong when you get caught in your sin listen that game is over with the Bible says that some men's sins go before them to the throne and some men's sins follow after them. You've got one of two choices. You can get in front of God proactively and say, God, here it is. I'm not running any longer. But if you wait for God to address it, he's going to address it in judgment. Right now, God wants to address you in mercy. Right now wants to address it in forgiveness but if you ignore him and you push him away the next time God deals with you it will be in judgment come on lift your hands lift your hands come on it's time to quit playing games with God it's time to quit playing games with God Whatever it takes, God, whatever it takes, I've got to be changed. under the sound of my voice right now you're dealing with god right now talking to you and dealing with you and you've been living a life that you know is not pleasing to god you've got things uh, that not everybody knows about or sees uh, that you're not you're not you're ashamed of it Uh, and instead of you repenting right now uh, you're allowing the condemnation uh, of that sin uh, to hold you down and keep you from breaking through. But you better hear me, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says when we fail, our heart condemns us. But God is faithful to forgive us. Right now what you need to do is quit letting your flesh get the best of you. Instead of sitting there under condemnation over what you've done, you need to throw your hands in the air and just say, all right, God, I'm giving you my weakness. I'm giving you my frailty. I'm giving you my mistakes. God, would you make me? Would you mold me? Would you shape me to be what you've called me? Come on. Come on. There's deliverance in this
1: house.